people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast. And today I am with Ronan Finnegan, who is the co-founder at SpacePants, making wearable technology to make workplaces safer. As a small startup that was kickstarted in a bedroom during the pandemic, SpacePants has grown to service customers like Amazon, Sony, Panasonic, NHS, MOD, and ITV. Their wearable mobile app and dashboard ensure that businesses can operate safely and employers are able to make informed decisions about their workplace safety and are able to move to monitor workplace stressors while prompting employees to action wellness at work. Uh, welcome to the show, Ronan. It's a, it's an exciting topic to talk about because we, I don't really get a lot of people who talk about wellness and workplace safety as much. So this is a nice deviation from what I normally do with my guests here. Nice. No, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, so Ronan, you know, uh, wellness and workplace safety kind of go hand in hand, uh, because obviously, if you don't have a workplace that that uh, keeps people safe, or at least make them feel safe, uh, you're not going to get the best productivity, you're not going to get the best engagement. So from that perspective, you know, leaders need to really pay attention to workplace safety in any organizations that are, uh, you know, like manufacturing, construction, um, and other field jobs that uh, that can in different hazards. Uh, but I'm really curious on what really prompted you to get into the space in the first place. Was there any personal experience that you had that drove you to start Space Pants and really look at this problem uh, more closely? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So I never had any intention of working within health and safety and neither did my co-founder. We somewhat found ourselves here organically um, through the nature of how we started the business. And I'll tell you a little bit about that now. So we, we started the business in the middle of the pandemic uh, in June 2020, March 2020, even three years ago. And we were selling contact tracing wearables. We were selling contact tracing wearables to huge businesses that you had mentioned at the beginning of this call. And inevitably, that, that business, although it was a successful one, was only going to exist for as long as the pandemic existed. So we turned to our customers when we were in the height of our sales and said, what should we build next? Now, naturally, those customers were health and safety managers within these big organizations. So as a result, the pain points that they had were within health and safety. Now, generally speaking, health and safety tech is archaic and it's expensive. It's a, it's a world that doesn't often get innovated because, and the, it doesn't often get innovated because sure, it's not the most glamorous space, but equally innovation that does happen often comes from health and safety managers. It doesn't come from product led people because they find a unique pain point within their day-to-day -day role that they want to make more effective or more efficient. And as a result, build a one single feature device that utilizes this individual pain point and resolves it. Now, our unique play was that because we were led entirely by customers' voices as to what we should build, 
we, we got a whole bunch of pain points that we could resolve. So we decided to build a multi-feature wearable, a dashboard and a mobile app that would address all of these pains all at once. Yeah, so Ronan, you know, when you talk to these HR leaders or the workplace safety leaders who obviously have uh, a strong interest in making sure their workplaces are safe um, and provide the level of wellness they need for their, for their employees, you know, what were some of the bigger pain points they were trying to address and, and what can uh, organizations really do to improve workplace safety? And what type of organizations are we talking about in the first place here? Sure. So, I mean, the organization, organizations that we're talking about besides the customers you already mentioned, are our main focus is on construction and manufacturing sites. Now, sure, the device has a use case in a whole bunch of other fields, but we're building the product for manufacturing and construction sites first, as these are the most dangerous. And the other thing within these sectors is often health and safety improvements are made completely on estimates and guesses and either that or they wait for an accident to happen and then try and resolve it so that it doesn't happen in the future by using technology you can you can avoid an accident ever happening in the first place and instead use that data point to say that hey look a machine and person almost collided here let's stop that ever happening again by making x and y decision rather than waiting for someone to get run over which is what happens without technology and then actioning that same decision Effectively, by using technology, you can save a life in that single instance. And that's just on one of the hazards of the multitude that we're building for. Yeah. So can you give me some examples of some use cases that you're, that you're solving for? Yeah, of course. So our device um, alerts in real time for there's 15 different hazards on the first iteration of the device. So we track uh, attendance monitoring and loan working. So what, what I mean by loan working is in a construction site, you may have an individual who picks up a chainsaw. Now, they can only operate that chainsaw legally for an hour, so they'll go away, use that chainsaw, tap into the loan worker mode, complete their task for an hour, and then their device will tell them in an hour, go check back in, tell your line manager that you're safe so that you can continue to operate that heavy piece of machinery. So it means that the concentration of that individual is always cohesive and you can have peer reviews, et cetera, using the technology as a prompting tool to continue to check that that person is safe. Now past that, we have uh, loud noise alerts, so decibel readers. We have house alerts, hand-on vibration. Um, we have built a machine-to-person collision detection um, using a beacon that is placed on a vehicle and then where it's placed on an individual. Uh, we have building occupancy logs. We know if individuals are leaving or coming in and out of a building. We have a bunch of wellness features on the device. So we have stretching alerts if you've sat down for too long. Um, we have well-being prompts. We have uh, overworked hour reminders, break reminders, and I'm just scratching the surface of the many features that we're building. The USP of the product is, of course, that it's multi-feature, so inevitably the feature set is only going to grow. Okay, is this actually a physical device uh, that you guys built, or is this a software that you can install in something like an Apple Watch or some other wearable? Sure, no, no, it's a physical device that we are building. Um, so we have been building it for the last 18 months and we will be launching it next month. So the, the wearable watch is, is not like an Apple watch or a Samsung watch or any other smartwatch for that matter, because the, the device is non-interactive and it's non-distracting at all. It's only there to keep the employees safe. So it, it has a bunch of sensors inside of it that in real time will alert for that safety incident or that hazard. We don't have calendar alerts. We don't have messages. We don't have Netflix, Spotify, any of these sort of apps to play on it. It's, it's a native device that is just there to beep an alert and detect for those real-time events and then collect that data within it. And then from there, 
share it to the cloud, which shares it onto our dashboard and mobile app where you can derive insights from your safety performance. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that makes it more sense because you don't necessarily have to buy an expensive you know, Apple Watch that can be used for other devices and it ends up being a distraction more than any, any uh, single use. Uh, of course, yeah. And when you jump, when you jump down the, the Apple Watch model for a safety device, you, you automatically have privacy concerns because people use Apple Watches for their day-to-day -day messaging and they don't want the employer to know what, where they're, what they're sending. Like it, it becomes a whole privacy nightmare. When the device is as simple as ours and it doesn't have internet on it, 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 it's there just to keep the employee safe. It's easy to, to explain that to a construction worker who doesn't understand technology fully. Okay, so of, uh, of the use cases you mentioned, what's the one or two use cases that's got the employers most excited about? So there's, there's six key features of the many that I've mentioned, which the, the employers uh, like the most. So, I mean, loan working has loud noise, uh, machine-to-person collision, break reminders, stretching prompts. Now, there's a mix of safety and well-being in there, but we've been led by the voices of the customers as to what we should be building. Now, if we ignore the feature set altogether, the thing that's getting our prospective customers most excited about the device is the fact that the device can, can start a, a mindset of proactivity as opposed to reactivity. You can, you can use the alert to inform decisions. You can inform decisions of what PPE you should be purchasing, what protective equipment, what training you should be implementing, what hiring decisions should you be making so that you can stop these incidents from continuing to rise. Now, we, health and safety isn't a space that's been led by data really ever. There's, technology has existed in the space, but because it's archaic and because it's singular feature, it's hard to collate trends between one hazard or the next. Now, we're trying to change this space by building a device that, like the space gun. Yeah, and you're saying it's actually coming out next month for in, in general availability? Yes, yes, exactly. At the end of next month, it okay. will be good to go. I'm trying to understand the operation of this. So will this, uh, so an employee, when they come into work, that's when they get this watch or space band, I should say. And when they leave, they leave it back at the office uh, or do they l live with it uh, when they're home as well? How does this whole pr process work or do you have any th thoughts around, around that? Yeah, sure. So, so it's exclusively a workplace device. It will be picked up at the beginning of a shift and dropped off at the end of a shift. Now, the wearable device doesn't have any internet um, connection or infrastructure requirements. And we've done that consciously so that we don't have privacy concerns because the device is purposefully dumbed down so that it's understandable by all users that the device is just there for that safety mechanism. Now, the, re the way that we transfer the data from the wearable up to the cloud is via the charging station. So the charging station must remain in work every day and the charging station will share that data usually on a 24-hour historical period to push it up into um, the Insights Hub that we have created. Now, the, so the beginning you, of every, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Uh, now, I was gonna ask you if you have heard any concerns about privacy and uh, maybe intrusiveness from the people wearing the device. Do you, do you, how do you address that? I'm sure there are a lot of people like, you're tr tracking me everywhere I go and what I'm doing at, at work. I mean, there's concerns around that, you know, uh, so I'm wondering if that's been, uh, come up in your conversations and how you plan on addressing it? Yeah, for sure. So we've, we've been led by customers' voices for the entirety of our development cycle. So privacy has been at the front of our minds for the last two years. 
Now, the, our device is privacy by design. So by default, devices are anonymous. You don't know which individual is wearing a device. Sure, if an individual gets run over and they're on the floor, you can pick the device off their wrist and know what device they're wearing and therefore track the data if you need to, which unfortunately shouldn't need to happen because the alert will be there to prevent that even happening. But by default, any employee at the beginning of the day can pick up any random device. Now, the company still benefits from the company-wide data set and their safety insights because when the devices go on charge, the charging station is synced to that company, so then that company data is all held together. Now, the reason we've decided to make the employees anonymous, which can be changed, but for now, I'll go down this route of the anonymous route, is because we don't want this device to become a behavioral tool or a punishment mechanism. We don't want people to have negative safety events and then be penalized for them because often these things are out of our control. The fact you're being run over by a forklift, it's hard to distinguish whether that was of the forklift driver or whether it was the individual walking on the floor that was to blame. But if you become the behavioral tool and a line manager sees the data historically and goes, oh, Alan got run over at 4 p.m., I'm going to tell Alan off when really Alan wasn't in the wrong at all. Now, you can assign devices to individuals using our mobile app. So if you're an individual user who wants to track your data to gamify it, to improve your safety score day on day, you simply pick up the device at the beginning of the day, you tap it onto the app, and the app assigns that device to yourself for the day until it next goes on charge. So it is easy to collect that data set if you would like to. But we're leading with anonymous first because, as mentioned, we, we don't want it to become a punishment mechanism. We just want it to be there to keep people safe. And the company doesn't really care if whether it's safe on an individual basis or a generic basis because inevitably they still see the wide data set that says that hazard X has gone up by 10%, hazard Y has gone down by 20%. Therefore, we need to make a decision to change hazard X and decrease the, the consistency of it. Okay. And... What's the, like, how are you pricing this? And is it like a one-time fee or how does it work? Yeah, so our devices are sold on a monthly subscription. So for $25 or 20 pounds, you, you protect an employee. You, you save an employee's life for 20 pounds, $25. That's a um, monthly subscription, um, which yeah, it, it truly will save people's lives because both in real time and also looking at by looking at the insights from the data and making your workplace safer just in an environmental sense through looking at that data. So to give you a price comparison to what competitive products are looking at at the moment in the health and safety space, just on an individual feature basis. So I'll use de decibel readers as an example. The majority of our competitors come in at around 350 pounds or $400 per device. We're undercutting the market massively on price point, but we don't want to enter a price war at all. That's not the point. We want our device to be utilized by SMEs, by enterprises, by by everyone. We, we know that the device can save lives, so it's hard to price the device at an expensive price point when it has that sort of servicing value. So we're going to keep our price as low as we possibly can, and that's why we're able to offer that $25 subscription. Yeah, and obviously you guys are talking to it, uh, the, uh, the workplace safety leaders and uh, the people who really care about workplace safety and obviously they have compliance requirements that they need to meet for workplace safety based on regulations that they have in their respective countries and their jurisdictions. What feedback have you gotten from the people wearing the device itself? Have you gotten any feedback that you can share? Yeah, of course. So we're just testing the device at the moment. So that the feedback that we've had hasn't been from commercial partnerships as such. 
but from the devices that we put on people's wrists, I mean, they love them because they're, they're, they're not distracting at all. They are just there to keep people safe. No matter what your relationship is from employee to employer, your goals are both the same. Nobody wants to have an injury at work. There's nobody who arrives at work at the beginning of the day and says, I want to be injured today. So to, to have a mechanism to stop that from happening, it's, it's going to be a positive experience. The thing that we've had to fine tune within the development cycle is just making sure that those alerts are as accurate as they can possibly be, because of course you need the data to be true so that you can make informed decisions. And we've, we've worked hard within our prototyping over the past two years to, to get the device to that position. And we're confident now to say that when the device does get released in a couple, just a couple of weeks in six weeks, six, seven weeks time, that we're going to really service value to a space that otherwise doesn't get innovated. Yeah. So I just, you know, I'm going back to one of the things you mentioned about uh, collision and machine human interaction, things like that. So obviously it's more than this device. There's another device that you have to implant or at least put on machines as well. So what other infrastructure does an organization need to make this work? Sure. So our, our devices come in four hardware components. We have a wearable device, which is wrist-worn by every single employee in that workplace. We have a beacon device, which is placed in access points, so doorways, uh, exit entry, and on machines. We have a check-in hub, which is used to monitor attendance. So similar to your RFID keycard scanner that you would have in a typical office. You tap in at the beginning of the day and it tracks you. If you want to go do low working, you do the same thing. And then lastly, we have the charging station, which is our, both our means of transferring the data up into the cloud, but also our means of charging devices. Now, besides the actual space band devices, there are no infrastructure requirements needed at all. The system will only require an internet connection at the charging station. And if for whatever reason you don't have Wi-Fi or 4G, 5G at the charging port, you can supplement that uh, with a wireless router, with a sort of a, a SIM card um, SIM card router, for want of a better word. So, but the, the system doesn't need internet. We could be used in the bottom of a mine, and it could still be, it could still be keeping people safe because there's no server requirements. The, the wearables operate completely offline all of the time. They use Bluetooth to measure proximity. They use an accelerometer, a gyroscope, a microphone, a speaker, a whole bunch of lights, a whole bunch of haptic sensors within it, but they don't need any infrastructure. And this is really, really unique also because almost every single health and safety device that already exists requires an internet connection. But how do you have an internet connection when you're servicing customers in construction sites in the middle of a forest? It's, it's just not feasible. Yeah. Um, how have you addressed, and I, and I may have asked this question in a different way earlier, like the GDPR concerns with the, the EU and UK regulations? Yeah. So the, the data is, of course, already anonymous, and we, and we have no biometric uh, data within the system. So we don't track heartbeats. We don't track, uh, like, yeah, we don't track biometrics at all. We're, we're not looking at heat. We're not looking at there's a whole bunch of GDPR stuff that comes with that. Um, we don't want to enter that realm at all. That's not the purpose of the device. The purpose of the device is purely safety. The GDPR concerns we have are, are very, very minimal because the, the device data that we have is not personal. We're not tracking an employee name. We're not tracking employee age, demographics, not even tracking job title. We're just tracking that per anonymous person, A, has been safe at work today. If they haven't, then we have steps to make them safe tomorrow. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so as you look forward to your product and your solution, what are some of the future use cases that you're excited about uh, looking, looking ahead? Yeah, so, I mean, we're looking to build face funds out as the ecosystem for all things health and safety. Our dashboard will have insights from our wearable, but also from partnering products so that you can log into your space plans dashboard and you can really see like a, a, an executive report of how your safety performance is doing. We really want safety to be led by data. We don't want it to be this estimated practice that it sometimes is. And that's not saying it always is, but without technology, it's clipboards and paper. Now clipboards and paper, you have human error, you have inevitably laziness when it's not performed regularly. There's, there's a whole bunch of things that come into it. We want safety to be really utilizing data and nobody's doing this at present. And the only reason we're doing it is because our customers told us that there was a gap that needed to be filled. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is an exciting innovation, uh, especially for the, the industry that you know, doesn't necessarily get as much attention from technology. Uh, from a worker's perspective, you know, from an employee's perspective. They have a lot of technology for tracking inventory and all of that, optimizing operations. But like you said, you know, they don't get as much attention from an employee-centric perspective. And it looks like there are some good use cases there. You know, I, I, I can see some privacy concerns uh, potentially an employee might have, but hopefully you're, you'll be addressing those as well uh, because people generally get scared you know like okay you're tracking me you know even no matter how much you tell them we are not <laughs> but it's going to be a a, a uh, educational aspect that you'll probably have to address so i you know definitely wish you all the best in your in endeavor and making you know a, a workplace more safe and and provide more more wellness uh, especially in these industries that ask so much of their people thank you so um yeah, so Ronan, how can people find you? Where can they learn more about this product and yourself? Of course, so our website is www.spacefans.com. My name is Ronan Finnegan and my email is ronan, R-O-N-A-N, at spacefans.com. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag PeopleStrategyLeaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios for recording and mixing this show.